Well, hello, CCV family, near and far. Man, it's great to gather together as a church. This has been a great week in the Jones family. So um, our dog, Millie, passed away a couple years ago, and it was super sad. And together, both Lisa and I said, we're, we're no more dogs. They're, they're just a lot to take care of. But I've always wanted a golden retriever. And so after about six months, I started getting the itch. And I shared this with Lisa, and she said, absolutely no way, we're not going to do it. And so I did what any good Christian husband would do. I grabbed her phone, and I opened up her Instagram account, and I followed literally 30 different golden retriever sites. So they were coming up on her phone every single day. And you know what? Uh, God works in mysterious ways because this week, uh, you know what? Hit the drum rolls. Uh, Let me just sort of unveil to you what happened this week. Take a look. Isn't she the cutest ever? Her name is Meadow, and she's a red golden. And so, my dear brothers and sisters, the moral of the story is, if you're feeling down right now, kids... Pastor Brian is giving you permission to ask your parents to go out and get a puppy. Okay, so turn to him right now and say, the pastor of our church is saying, I can get a puppy, mom and dad. Anyway, our happiness was matched only by the happiness of our 26th president, Theodore Roosevelt. Historian Ryan Holiday tells us that in 1880, Roosevelt wrote to his brother and said, my happiness is so great that it makes me almost afraid In October of that year, he wrote in his diary the night before he married Alice Hathaway Lee, he said, our intense happiness is too sacred to be written about. He would consider it to be one of the best years of his life. He got married, wrote a book, attended law school, won his first election, and the streak continued. In 1883, he wrote, I can imagine nothing more happy in life than an evening spent in the cozy little sitting room before a bright fire of soft coal, my books all around me, playing backgammon with my own dainty mistress. And that's how he and Alice spent that cold winter as it went into the new year. Holiday notes that late in January, Roosevelt wrote, I feel now as though I have the reins in my hand. On February 12th, 1884, his first daughter was born. But then two days later, after all of that happened, that incredible streak of luck, two days later, his mother, who was living with him at the time, died of typhoid fever. And hours later, on the same day, in the same house, his wife died of kidney failure. Roosevelt marked that day in his diary with a large X. And next to it, he wrote, The light has gone out of my life. As they say, life comes at you really fast. You know, haven't the 
past few months have been an example of that. Like, think about what you were doing in December, the conversations you were having. The Dow was at 28,700, and the economy was so good that people were basically just arguing again about the war on Christmas. And you were talking, about, and I was talking about what kind of gifts we were going to get for our family. What did you do in January? The Dow was at 29,348, and people were outraged in January. The biggest thing that we were consumed with was the Oscar nominations and how our movie wasn't, wasn't placed at the top. In February, the Dow reached a staggering 29,568. And you know what the big argument in our culture was over? Whether or not it is our right to recline our seats when we're on a flight. Where do you fall in that argument? And then in March, the biggest news story at the beginning of the March was Wendy's is entering the breakfast wars. And that was just in the news. What were you doing in December, January, and February personally? Maybe you were starting to think about summer plans, maybe remodeling your kitchen, painting a room or two, buying a car. Possibly many of you were planning graduation parties and life was going on just as as it had. And now we're wearing masks into grocery stores and praying, dear Jesus, don't let them cancel football in the fall. Life can change in an instant, and no one knew that better than the Apostle Paul. Our best guess is around 34 AD is when the Apostle Paul was converted on the road to Damascus, and he spent the next 23 years traveling around the Roman Empire, starting new churches and helping people to come to faith. But right then around 57 AD, we know that the Apostle Paul was imprisoned and taken to Rome, and that meant one thing. For the early church, they just assumed and they knew that Paul was going to die. It was as dramatic a shift for people in the early church as, I have the reins of life in my hands to, the light has gone out of my life. Would the church survive? Would the churches that Paul started actually make it? Would people give up? These were the questions that people were asking. Now, we're in the middle of a series we're calling Stop at Nothing, and we're walking through one of the great books of the Bible, the, the Bible, the book that is called Philippians. And if you were here last week, we talked about the, how that Paul started that church in that Greek city of Philippi, and then when he was imprisoned, it was that church, the Philippian church, that sent a man named Epaphroditus with money to go and bring it to Paul so he could eat while he was in prison. Paul was so overwhelmed that he grabbed Timothy and he said, let's write a letter to the church in Philippi to thank them. And last week we looked at the Thanksgiving. Today we're gonna look at verse 12. Now, let me pause and say, if you haven't yet, please everyone right now, pull out your phones, go to the app store, and either go to the App Store or Google Play, and I want you to look up CCV Mobile, and what that's going to allow you to do is to download our church's app. And it's, it's, it's kind of, it, it, we're, we're revising it. It's gonna look great here in about a month, uh, but do, do it anyway, and what you'll see is there's a Bible tab up on, the, up on the right of it, and if you touch that, you can look at the scripture that we're gonna look at right now. Here it is. Paul greets the church, and then he says this. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel, the exact opposite of what everybody's thinking. 
The church is not going to like decline. Churches aren't going to disband. People aren't going to not be Christians anymore. It's actually advancing the gospel. My impending death in Rome is going to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard even and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Now, I love what Paul says here because this really speaks to us where we are right now in our situation. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. And he says that's the case for two reasons. Number one, people are sharing their faith like never before. Verse 14 says, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Let me pause here and say, a lot of you read into that, that the pastors are becoming more bold and they're sharing the gospel. That's not what Paul's saying. Because of Paul's chains, all Christians, Christians just like you, are are taking the gospel to their friends because they're seeing if Paul is willing to suffer for the gospel and be imprisoned for it, how important is this message? We have to share this. In fact, it's not, the church isn't dying, the church is exploding, Paul says. The second thing that Paul says is that Paul has been given an audience with Roman authorities. Now, this is very intriguing. It says, as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Now, scholars debate back and forth about this phrase, the whole palace guard. At the very least, Paul could be implying that he is now stationed with the 9,000 members of the Praetorium Guard, the emperor's own troops that stayed back in Rome to protect him and the city officials in case of attack. So at the very least, Paul has an opportunity to share the gospel with the people who are living right in the very heart of Rome. But there's something that's even more intriguing. Another option is that Paul was actually imprisoned within the palace of the guards close to Nero, the emperor at the time. Think about that. Paul could be saying that these chains have given me a ticket straight to the White House of Paul's day. What an incredible opportunity. I don't know. It's sort of like Paul saying, I don't know. Maybe God planned it. You think about all the things that happened in your life. Later, you look back on it. You're like, "Ah, that probably wasn't an accident. The book of Acts tells us that every step of the way during Paul's imprisonment, he was given an audience with governors and kings that never would have happened unless he was imprisoned. With, With the Jewish leaders and then the governor and the king. And now, because the book of Acts stops, it was written before Paul's death, we don't know exactly what happened. Who knows? But I think that if the book of Acts had been written a few years later, it could have been possible that the way the story ended is that Paul had a chance to actually speak with Nero himself. And that Paul's imprisonment from the very beginning 
was orchestrated and allowed and guided by God's providence for that very thing to happen. That the gospel went from this itinerant teacher in backwoods Israel, the gospel went all the way to the emperor himself. Now, who knows? It may have happened exactly like that, or maybe it didn't. We won't know until we get to heaven. The one thing that we do know is that Paul's chains weren't the result of bad karma or bad luck. God was using the chains to give him an opportunity to speak to the most powerful people in the world. Now, do you think that somehow God is using this right now to help the spread of the gospel? I know as a church with our staff that we never, ever would have thrown ourselves into online broadcasting of our services unless this pandemic had happened. We had talked about it. We planned at some point in the future we were going to do it. We were going to start an online campus. But there are literally hundreds, now even thousands of you, who are now becoming a part of our church family here at CCV. And that never would have happened if it weren't for what we were going through right now. But if given the choice back in December, hey, do you want to have the opportunity to go through a pandemic? I would have said absolutely not. But now looking back on the other side of it, I'm able to say, yeah, I still wouldn't have chosen it, but thank God it happened because now we have an opportunity to get to know one another. We have an opportunity now to get to work together for the cause of the gospel. And so every time you find yourself getting discouraged, I want you to ask yourself this question. Disciples of Jesus have been asking themselves this question for now 2,000 years. How is this season giving me an opportunity to share Jesus with others? Can I share something with you? A couple weeks ago, our youth pastor, Peter Waller, asked me to pop in and surprise our high school seniors that had assembled on a Zoom call. And I have to be honest, I felt so bad for them. Their prom got canceled. Their end of the year activities as seniors got canceled. And just think about this, you know. They were looking forward to being seniors, you know, when they're in fifth grade and seventh grade and ninth grade and 10th grade, 11th grade. And now it just got canceled. Their um, high school ministry graduation celebration got canceled. Their mission trip got canceled. Their school graduations got canceled. It was just terrible. And so when I got on the call, I shared a few things with them about how high school was something that over time, it would sort of lose significance compared to other things that they're about to do, trying to encourage them that, yeah, this wasn't that bad. It, you know, it stinks that this happened, but it wasn't that bad. And so, you know, keep your chins up because... God has other plans for your life. And when I got off, I just felt like terrible because I blew it. Here's, here's what I wish I had told them if I had that chance back. I would have told them that when I was a senior in high school, my friend Darren Bricky shared the gospel with me and I became a Christian right at this season that we're in right now. And that the only reason I'm your pastor, I would have told them, and the only reason that most of you now have become Christians 
was of course because of the example that was set by my parents in their early teaching. But it was also because there was a high school kid who was willing to ask me this question. Brian, where do you think you're going to go when you die? And he asked me that question right now in this season. And then if I had the chance over again to tell those seniors, almost which all of were watching right now, here's what I would tell them. God doesn't believe in bad luck. There's no such thing as karma. This is a terrible, terrible hand that you were dealt. But you know what? Your friends are feeling the exact same way. But the difference is, is that you know the hope that Jesus brings. So don't waste your pain right now. Don't waste this opportunity. You have a very short window right now before they go on with their lives. Your friends are looking for hope, so you need to tell them about Jesus. Brothers and sisters, the Apostle Paul would say, what has happened has happened to advance the gospel. So be bold. Don't be afraid. Stop at nothing to tell your friends about Jesus. And all the adults that are watching as well, we need to do the same. Let's pray. God, we just pray that you would lay your hand on our lives and especially to our high school students. Give them boldness. Let them change the trajectory of their friends' lives and let us do the same. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Brian Jones Sermons. For more information and to find similar articles on this topic and more, please go to Brian's website at brianjones.com.